Welcome to the Wrap Yourself in Joy podcast. I'm Karen Dwyer, speaker, teacher, and author of four books on joy. If you are searching for more joy in your life, join me for about 15 minutes every week. It could change your life. My newest series is called Advent Joy and is based on my book, The Joy of Advent, Journey with the People, Events, and Prayers at the First Coming of Jesus Christ. It has an imprimatur and a built-in study guide. Why not invite a friend or small group to join you in listening? Then meet every week to go through a chapter. Together, you will grow in joy. The podcast is brought to you by the Ultimate Christian Podcast Network. Please subscribe to this podcast so you never miss an episode. Additional links to my books and free bookmarks are available at wrapyourselfinjoy.com. Welcome to Advent Joy, podcast number two. I'm Karen Dwyer, and you're listening to the Advent Joy series. It follows my book, The Joy of Advent, Journey with the People, Events, and Prayers. Last week, we met the Archangel Gabriel, who suddenly appeared to the old priest Zechariah while he was in the temple. This was after 430 years of silence from heaven. The encounter with Gabriel ended up with Zechariah receiving a nine-month silent retreat for his unbelief, and his old wife, Elizabeth, passed her time for pregnancy, miraculously became pregnant with John the Baptist. So put on your walking shoes. We're ready for quite a hike, at least 90 miles. Luke 1 will take us from the Judean hill country home of Zechariah and Elizabeth down the road north to a small town in Galilee. The walk will cover rocky terrain and hills, leading us into the district of Galilee to a village called Nazareth. So let's read Luke 1, 26-28 to get us started. In the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent by God to a town in Galilee called Nazareth to a virgin engaged to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. The virgin's name was Mary, and he came to her and said, Greetings, favored one, the Lord is with you. But she was much perplexed by his words and pondered what sort of greeting this might be. The angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. Well, four quick details stand out as we start our journey. First of all, The angel Gabriel is sent again by God, and it's six months since he first visited Zechariah in the temple with the unexpected message. We already know that Gabriel is a powerful archangel, and he brings exciting directions from God straight from the throne room. Then we are headed to Nazareth in Galilee. Now, Nazareth was a small trading village in a remote corner of Israel within the district of Galilee. The pace of life was slow. In many ways, it was not a religious city, which could explain why many Jews despised it. In John 1, 46, Nathaniel said, Can any good thing come out of Nazareth? Likely referring to its smallness, obscurity, and even the immorality practiced by the nearby garrison of soldiers and the pagan merchants. We will learn a lot in Nazareth. God causes miracles to happen in the most unlikely, remote quiet, and even ungodly places when people are open to him and his graces. The recipient of this message is Mary, and she is a virgin. In verse 28, Mary was greeted with these words, Greetings, favored one, the Lord is with you. Greetings, or hail in other translations, literally means rejoice, joy be with you. Thus, Gabriel's message and outcome would give Mary great joy. Now, Mary's name means lady in both New Testament Greek and in the common language at the time, Aramaic. It comes from the Hebrew name Miriam, which means beloved of God. 
Remember Miriam in the Old Testament, the sister of Moses and Aaron who led the women in praise when God delivered Israel at the parting of the Red Sea? Well, we will soon see Mary also leaping with joy in praises to God. Fourth, Mary is engaged to Joseph in the lineage of David. The line of David was very important because it points to the Old Testament prophecies that the Messiah would come from the lineage of David and reign forever. Engaged, in verse 37, is best translated betrothed. In Jewish culture, a betrothal was a ceremony when two people made a formal commitment with a binding legal contract to marry. The couple would live apart until the actual marriage took place about one year later. The age of the betrothal in Hebrew culture was generally 12 to 15 years of age for the woman and 18 to 24 years for the man. Thus, Mary was about 14 years old when Gabriel appeared to her. Let's keep reading a couple more verses, Luke 1, 31 through 33. These verses represent what we call the Great Annunciation. And now, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you will name him Jesus. He will be great, and he will be called the Son of the Most High, and the Lord God will give to him the throne of his ancestor David. He will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there will be no end. Now, this Great Annunciation derived from the Latin word for announcement, is told to Mary, she will bear Jesus Christ the Messiah, who will fulfill all the promises of Scripture for a Messiah coming from David's lineage, whose reign will never end. And she will name him Jesus. Now, do you have a family member named after your father? God does. God the Father gave his son his name, because the name Jesus is translated from the Hebrew name Yeshua, which is derived from Yahweh, which was the most holy name of God in the Old Testament. Thus, the message would be clear. Yahweh God would name his son Yeshua after himself. Truly, Jesus would be the Son of God. The name Jesus in the New Testament Greek is Joshua, and it means God saves. So, the Jewish people would know this. The Old Testament prophecy in Isaiah 7.14 was about to be fulfilled. Therefore, the Lord himself will give you a sign. Behold, a virgin will be with child and bear a son, and she will call his name Emmanuel, God with us. Finally, let's read verses 34 through 38 in Luke 1. Mary said to the angel, How can this be since I am a virgin? And the angel said to her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you. And the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, the child to be born will be holy, and he will be called the Son of God. And now your relative Elizabeth, in her old age, has also conceived a son. And this is the sixth month for her who was said to be barren. For nothing will be impossible with God. Then Mary said, Here I am, the servant of the Lord. Let it be done to me according to your word. Then the angel departed from her. At first, Mary found it hard to understand that as a virgin, she could bear a son and then name him Jesus. So she asked, how could this be since I'm a virgin? And Gabriel responded that the Holy Spirit will come upon you. Some do find this hard to believe, the virgin birth and the incarnation because they're essential parts of our Christian faith. The incarnation means God became man, reaching out to mankind. In no other religion does God become flesh, except the limitations of humanity. 
come to earth, show his love, and then die for the sins of all. And that is why the virgin birth prophesied through Isaiah nearly 740 years earlier is an essential part of the Christian faith. St. Augustine says, Even if we cannot understand this miracle, let us grant that God can do something which we confess we cannot fathom. God is God, and He's God of the impossible. You know, after a fire burned my house down and then the accidental death of my first husband in my 30s, which I shared in my first Joy series, I felt like my life was over, or at least over an achievement. Then I heard this marvelous story as part of a Sunday homily. I want to share it with you. It's very short. A priest named Angelo Giuseppe Roncalli wrote in his journal in 1931, I am in the 50th year of my life, therefore a mature man on the road to old age. Perhaps death is near. I have achieved very little in half of a century of my life. I feel humble and ashamed before the Lord and ask His pardon for my countless sins, but I look to the future with confident serenity. This very loving priest, born into a family of sharecroppers with 13 children, was surprisingly elected Pope John Twenty-Third at the age of 77. In 1958, he summoned the church leaders to the Second Ecumenical Council with the aim of modernizing the church and fostering unity, which is now called Vatican II. The start of change was formidable, and he became what is known as a saint in the Catholic Church for this amazing accomplishment. When I heard this story, it struck my heart with hope that God is in control. He can take an priest who was 50 and thought life was over and at 77 become a pope that changes the world. He can still have a great plan for my life, even after all my losses, I thought, and it was true. The last several years of my life have been greatly blessed with graces, including a wonderful husband and even a State of Nebraska Award for Outstanding Teaching. I can say to you, don't give up, for nothing is impossible with God. Many times our minds are filled with doubt about God's power to accomplish new or significant changes in our lives, but God can. You can be sure that if God can supernaturally beget the Son of God in a virgin and give an old woman Elizabeth past her time of conceiving a child. God can fix the barrenness in our lives too. If you feel unproductive or like your life is barren, accounting for little, don't give up. Ask the Holy Spirit to come upon you in new ways, to inspire you and give you new goals to make a difference. He will. He hears you. He sees you. For nothing is impossible with the Lord. He can go beyond the limits you try to put on yourself, your relationships, your health, your income, and more. Pray. Trust God and be expectant. Ask the Holy Spirit to open doors or windows where least expected. He will give you a breakthrough. Now, you may wonder, what's the difference between Zacharias and Mary's question for Gabriel? Gabriel certainly responded differently to Mary than he did to Zachariah. Zachariah asked, how will I know this is so? And then he as for a sign and pointed out obstacles, I'm an old man, my wife is getting on in years. On the other hand, Mary asked for understanding and faith. How can this be? She asked a legitimate question to try to grasp how an event such as this could happen. Zachariah got his sign. Gabriel said, but now, because you did not believe my words, which will be fulfilled in their time, you will become mute, unable to speak until the day these things occur. And Mary got her answer. The Holy Spirit will come upon you. And he did. After Mary 
asked how this could be. She listened carefully and considered what she could not understand. After the dialogue, she responded with what is called Mary's fiat. The word fiat is the first word of Luke 1, verse 38, in St. Jerome's Latin translation of the Bible, and it means, let it be. This was Mary's yes. Let it be done to me according to your word. Plus, she added, here am I, the servant or handmaid of the Lord. Mary received the word of God, surrendered, and entrusted herself to God's will for her life. In closing, Mary gives us this example of how to seek and accept God's will. Listen, allow the word of God to speak to your heart and mind. Dialogue, talk to God to gain understanding and wait for his answer in prayerful expectation, not scoffing at your circumstances or at God. Surrender, tell God you trust in his ultimate plan for your life and praise him for his greatness. As we wait with prayer and expectation, let's respond like Mary with this prayer. Yes, Lord, I place my trust in you. Yes, Lord, let it be done with me according to your word. Yes, Lord, I am your servant. I surrender my life to you. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, amen. Well, we've come to the end of our podcast for today. I'm so happy that you've joined our Advent Joy series. You can find bookmarks for this series on my website, wrapyourselfinjoy.com, and they're free, of course. Until next week, Please know that I'm praying for you. I'm asking our loving Heavenly Father for more joy, Advent joy, and more of His presence in your life. And I'm praying for the barrenness you feel in any area of your life, that as you invite the Holy Spirit to come upon you and to come in you, He will do the impossible, for nothing is impossible with the Lord. Thanks for joining me today. Please visit me on my website, wrapyourselfinjoy.com, where you can learn more about my books, download free bookmarks, and connect with me. Please follow me on your favorite podcast app and invite a friend to join you too. You can download the show notes from today at wrapyourselfinjoypodcast.com. Until next week, this is your friend, Karen Dwyer, reminding you to wrap yourself in joy. <music>